It was a scary time, let me tell you. <laughs> Nearly went broke. In fact, I did. And I broke down and I asked author, will you give me a contract or two roll? <laughs> and I think he was scared. <laughs> Welcome to The Yarn, School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. That voice you just heard was Caldecott Medal winner Alan Say. The Arthur he's talking about is publisher Arthur A. Levine, and he was asking for a contract for a book, a book that had consumed him. Arthur gave him a contract, and the book, called Silent Days, Silent Dreams, is one of the most striking of Say's career. It's a biography of little-known artist James Castle. What could push a well-established picture bookmaker to put it all on the line as he approaches 80 years old? Alan will explain in a moment. This is the latest installment of our Unraveler series. In each episode, a book creator will take you inside one of their books. Their inspiration, fears, frustrations, epiphanies, the whole thing pulled apart. It's time to unravel Silent Days, Silent Dreams. This is a book about an artist who was born in 1899 in a place called Garden Valley, Idaho. He was born deaf, mute, autistic, and probably dyslexic. And yet he taught himself how to draw entirely self-taught artist who most of the time drew on scavenged uh, trash paper with this um, spit and mixed with soot, sto wood stove soot. And I saw them for the first time and I dropped everything that I was doing and I took it on. I simply had to do this book. I was ready to sign a contract about another story altogether. And I was all set to go when James Castle popped. And I dropped everything. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have what format to use. I started drawing. Some are big, some are, well, obviously his pieces were small because they were bits of trash paper and I proceeded to, to employ the same method materials and I just started drawing and I was hoping that if I amassed if I did enough drawings some pattern would emerge everything has to do with pattern recognition and maybe a story idea would emerge this is what I was hoping for I was so unsure of myself and I didn't have the heart or nerve to ask Arthur for a contract for the story because it was so shapeless and messy, just a blob. I had no idea what it was. So I freelanced for the first time in 23 years. 
Well, the, the problem with art is that nobody can help you. <laughs> Sometimes I, I start out with a very vague notion, and I go through, I usually go through what I call my doodling stage. I go through mini sketchbooks, I start drawing. This is my way of trying to tap my subconscious with my hand rather than thinking. I, I could never work out any of these ideas or possible ideas verbally. I have to do it visually, which was obviously James Castle's way as well. And I started. <laughs> James Castle, when he was a kid, used to draw with burnt matchsticks. I've drawn with a lot of things in my life. I was crazy about drawing. In post-war Japan, there weren't a whole lot of things to draw with. In fact, I used to draw pictures on concrete walls with a chocolate bar that was thrown at me by a, an American GI. All the other kids, starving kids, were gobbling them up. I didn't like chocolates for some reason, and I drew pictures with that. But I had never drawn with a burnt matchstick, and I was fascinated. And I tried it. And of course, my studio smelled from sulfur for the next two days. But it is an amazing drawing medium. It's beautiful, except it's too unstable, too delicate. You can just blow it off. And so I tried the next medium that he used, which was soot and spit. And I think the first drawing that I did was a portrait of him as a young boy. There's, there are very few photographs of him. And uh, I imitated it, but I didn't use it because that's what everybody else uses. I, I'm the eternal outsider. I don't do things that other people do. It's just my personality. So I, uh, I think I drew the bed that eventually shows up in this book. That was probably my first drawing. I'm of a school that holds that artist when he, she works on a project, starts out knowing from the beginning what he, she wants to achieve and achieves it. And I say, or we say, that school says that product is probably worthless as a work of art. I'm one of them. Why? Because it lacks, it doesn't have surprise. It doesn't have discovery, and most important, it doesn't have transcendence. You have to transcend yourself in art. That's, that's the catch. If you can't do that, it's not worth doing. I've learned a great lesson from James Castle, and that is, grunge. 
modern art today, especially today, the computer-generated art, just like digital photography, it's completely soulless. It's everything is so clean and neat. There's not a speck of lint. That's not what art is. There's so much grunge in art. I know. I want to put it back in there. Thank you, Alan Say, for the interview. Thank you, Arthur A. Levine and Lauren Donovan for making it happen. Thank you, Philip Stead, for our theme music. Additional music for this episode from the Free Music Archive. You can contact us via email at theyarnpodcast at gmail.com and visit us online at the School Library Journal website. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening. this book, Mickey, in fact, called me James Allen Castle. <laughs> that became my name. <laughs>